Hello, listeners. I'm Chloe Barlow, and I'd like to say thanks for joining us today for this edition of Columbia Chronicles. If you're looking to learn more about the inner workings of our community and the people who make it so special, you've come to the right place. This is your chance to understand how what's happening around you affects you and your daily life. And all it takes is about 30 minutes of your time. In this season, we're talking about literacy. 2020 marked the 50th anniversary of the University of South Carolina's School of Library and Information Science program. Our reporters from Carolina's Honors College have gathered interviews with graduates working across the country to see how they bring a love of literacy to their own communities. In today's episode, Cole Doran sits down with Richland County native Taylor Atkinson, who is bringing the legacy of literacy to rural communities. My name is Cole Dorn, and I'm sitting down with Taylor Atkinson, director of the Union County Library System, to talk about her career and the nature of literacy in the rural community. So um, could you give the audience a general background on yourself, um, your hometown, your connection to the USCI school, why you went to the Marshall Islands, and (laughs) why did you decide to work for the Union County Library System? Absolutely. So... Um, I am a Columbia native, born and raised, um, a Richland District 2 kid. Um, I initially did not want to go to USC for undergrad because I wanted to, you know, leave Columbia, you know, get out. So I traveled all the way up the road um, to Spartanburg and uh, went to Converse College for about a year and a half, but transferred back to USC anyways. So uh, ended back up in my hometown. So I graduated from USC in 2013 with a bachelor's in religious studies, and then immediately went to grad school at USC, which, um, was SLIS. That's what it was for me, School of Library and Information Science. And so I graduated with my master's in 2015. Um, And my first job post-master's, I moved 7,000 miles away from South Carolina to the Marshall Islands. Um, I decided my last semester of grad school, I wanted to be an international librarian. I figured, you know, this was the time. Like I wasn't married. I didn't have a family. I didn't own a house. You know, this was like the perfect time for me to travel. So that's how I ended up there. And For most international library positions at schools, you sign a two-year contract. And so I signed a two-year contract. And so 2017, the spring, I'm, you know, nearing the end of my two-year contract. And I started thinking, you know, what next? And I decided, which I never thought I would do this, but I wanted to come back to South Carolina. And so I started looking at South Carolina library jobs and found an assistant director job here in Union and got that job. So I've been here since 2017 and I'm now the executive director. Awesome. And this is a side question. This wasn't really one of the questions I had. Um, Why did you choose religious studies? It's a great question. My original major was um, poli-sci. I used to want to do something with like law Um, I was obsessed with like John Grisham books, you know, growing up and I totally thought I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, but my freshman year at Converse, I got put into a, it was like a history of Christianity class, I believe. And I found it so fascinating. Um, and I just kind of wanted to learn more. And so that's why I switched my major. 
I then moved on to ask Atkinson about her motivations to become a librarian. I always feel when people ask me like why or what caused me to become a librarian that my answer isn't very good, but I tell it anyways. Mm -hmm. It was, <laughs> again, kind of my senior year in undergrad, you know, a, a bachelor's in religious studies, like, what do you do with that? You know what I mean? Um, presumably, you're going to have to get an additional sort of degree, you know? And so it was like, do you want to go to like divinity school? That wasn't for me. Um, so I really just kind of started looking at options and looked at what USC had to offer because I really loved USC. You know, it's a, it's a great school. Um, I had a great time there in undergrad and I found SLIS, you know, the, the library school and something just kind of clicked for me. And it was like, this makes a lot of sense. And why haven't I thought about this before? Because growing up, um, again, being from Columbia, you know, we have Richland library, which is a fantastic library system. You know, I was there all the time with my mom. I love to read. I loved libraries. I just never kind of made the connection that this could be a good fit for me. Um, but something just kind of clicked and I applied and I'll say, you know, the rest is history. And my time in grad school, I, I loved my time at SLIS. I was really involved in LISA. Like I was the president of LISA um, my second year of grad school. There are some amazing professors there. Um, I think they taught me so much about what librarianship truly is, you know, because I feel like it happens with us all the time. Oh, you, you have to have a master's degree, you know, to be a librarian or, oh, ha, you get paid to sit around and read all day, you know, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, honestly, I don't read nearly as much as I should, period. And I never get to read at work. So I feel like they did a great job preparing you of kind of the true purpose of librarianship, right? That you're, you're serving your community, you're connecting people to resources, you know, that libraries are so much more than just books, which is what people think of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so early in your career, you know, was there like a light bulb moment? Um, you thought like, oh, this is what I wanna do. I know you mentioned you kind of, it kind of just clicked. Mm -hmm. um, was there anything like maybe you were taking a class and yeah, like a really great teacher and you were thinking, you know, like, this is really what I want to do. Or was it kind of more just like a smooth transition for you? There's I think for me, it was a smooth transition. I took a variety of courses in grad school. Like I didn't really, you know, focus or concentrate kind of in one area. I did a lot of stuff with um, digital libraries. So Elise Lewis was fantastic. Um, same with Dr. RG, who is amazing. Like I took her metadata class. Um, I also took some, I was interested in like archives and preservation as well. So I kind of dabbled, you know, just to, just to kind of see what I was interested in. Um, I never, you know, here I'm the director of a public library system. I didn't actually take public libraries in grad school. I never thought that I'd be here. Um, but it just kind of goes to show you the doors, you know, that this can open for you. Yeah, and following along with that, you know, maybe in your career, was there um, ever a moment when you were like, you know, this work I'm doing is making a difference? Like, there was there some clear moment that stands out to you as like, you know, like, this is really an encouraging event. For sure in the Marshall Islands, which was just an incredible experience anyways. I 
was the school librarian for a, it's a private pre-K through 12th grade school. So I got to work with, you know, students of all ages. Um, they're just, it's an incredible community, an incredible place. They have such a love for reading and learning. And these kids are, they're so smart. Many of them, nearly every one of them is bilingual, if not trilingual or even more. Um, but for nearly every student there, English is their second language. And so, you know, reading and that literacy component is so crucial, you know, for them. And so I felt like on just a, a daily basis, I was able to connect with these kids and make an impact, hopefully a positive, you know, impact on them. Okay, great. Um, so what is literacy in your opinion? And how does it go beyond the traditional just sense of, you know, reading ability, maybe like financial literacy? Yeah, I'm glad you said that. That's actually kind of what I defer to a lot nowadays. My library system does a lot with financial literacy. We work with United Way of the Piedmont and we have um, a person through the AmeriCorps program and she is our, what we call financial stability navigator. So this is her third year here with us and she does a lot of, essentially it's social work and a lot of aspects. And so she helps folks with, you know, paying rent, paying bills, utilities, any kind of resources they need. She can sign people up for SNAP or EBT, you know, federal benefits, things like that. Um, so that's a big component of what we work on a, on a daily basis. And another big aspect is digital literacy. Of course, that's, you know, we, you know, 2021, everything is digital, everything is online. Here in Union, there's a chunk of the community that does not have access to broadband internet. Like there just simply are not service providers because the, the infrastructure is not there. Like there's no fiber optic cables, you know, that runs into these very rural parts of the community. And so that's something that we do a lot, you know, with the library is, you know, computers and, and technology and, and helping folks with that. Um, so those are kind of two of the bigger components. I, being here in a public library has really expanded my view of literacy. Like you said, it's so much more than books. That's obviously, you know, reading is the foundation of all of these things, but we, we've grown far beyond that. Great. Okay, so um, you've mostly operated in what would be classified as a rural community. Mm -hmm. I would say Union's a pretty rural county. It is. <laughs> Marshall Islands, I know, uh, has a lot of rural areas. Um, you know, how do these communities, you know, how do they have a disparity when it comes to literacy and information accessibility? I know you mentioned it with the broadband. Are there any other ways, um, you know, that they're kind of not, they have some shortcomings compared to, you know, a city? Yeah, so economic development is a big area in, in both places, both here in rural South Carolina and in the Marshall Islands. Um, like a lack of industry, um, meaning, you know, there's just not a lot of economic development happening here. And um, that's, that's a big factor because of course that affects jobs, that affects, you know, people's lifestyles, you know, that affects everything. 
um, here in Union, for example, you know, to draw a, an industry in would be huge for us. But because we are, you know, rural, they're not as likely to come here. It kind of becomes this, you know, this cycle, this circle that can be difficult to break. Um, so that's something you see a lot. There's um, a large number of union residents that live in poverty. 100% of the students, there's one school district in Union County to kind of give you an example, and 100% of students in the school district qualify for free or, or reduced lunch, just to kind of give you a statistic. Um, and I believe it is one in three children in Union County live in poverty. So that's huge, you know, and again, kind of that cyclical effect, if you don't have that foundation at home, you know, if you don't have that strong home life, if maybe your parents or your grandparents weren't educated, you know, to no fault of their own, but then they might struggle, you know, to connect you to the appropriate resources. You know, you always hear like you need to, it starts in the home and parents need to read books to their kids. Well, what if parents can't read? You know, what if these parents can't read? So then what do you do? Um, so that's, those are kind of some of the things we tackle here. That's awesome. So um, are there any like specific um, programs you've kind of implemented at your library um, in Union County and you know, how have you identified problems and you know, found creative ways to fix them? Yeah, I, really what I was gonna say was like, how much time do you have? Cause we could, yeah. <laughs> we could be here for a long time. Um, there's one thing that we're doing that I am so excited about. So we work closely with uh, Union County First Steps. And if you're not familiar with First Steps, it's a statewide organization. There's one in every county and they specifically work with kids and families that have kids ages zero to five. So they are here to basically prepare you for kindergarten, right? Because ideally, students are walking into kindergarten already ready to learn. They know some basic things, you know, maybe they're not reading, but you know, maybe they can do things like they know how to tie their shoe. They already know about social relationships, like being able to share, right. Or to like take turns, things like that. Um, a lot of parents though, understandably think, you know, oh, my kid turns five. I just send them to kindergarten and they'll learn everything there. You know, but ideally they come in already knowing some of these things. So when students come to kindergarten, they, the kindergarten teacher does an assessment on them basically to see just how prepared are you to like learn on the kindergarten level. And 2019, our number was rising, which was great. So 39% of students came into kindergarten ready to learn on a kindergarten level, which is huge. That's like right in the line with the, the averages. So it, that was great. Last year, and we don't yet know, is it because of COVID, you know, or other factors, 10% were ready to learn on a kindergarten level when they assessed 10%. So 250 students entered kindergarten, 25 of them were ready to learn on a kindergarten level. And that drop is, you know, significant. And so you know, what can we do about it? So we are establishing a kindergarten readiness center here at the library. Kind of going back to your education, questions are always asked about nowadays. How has COVID-19 affected literacy and access to information? I know you mentioned 
there is a possible correlation between um, you know kindergarten readiness rates and right. and the pandemic. How are some other ways that it's affected literacy uh, in Union County? One thing here again is that potential lack of internet access a lot of families had, and so we and then our school district were really trying to scramble. You know, when COVID hit and everything shifted to online you know, how can you expect students to go to school online if they literally do not have internet, like they cannot connect. And an obvious answer, of course, would be to go to the library. But, you know, we also were navigating COVID and we shut down to the public for about two months. So last year, March to May, we, we were working from home, you know, we were completely shut down. And Anyway, so we, you know, came up with solutions using like Wi-Fi hotspots and, you know, things like that to try to, you know, not have these students fall behind and to be able to do their work. So that's been a huge thing, just recognizing how crucial, you know, digital literacy is, how access to internet in 2021, you have to have it. It's no longer really a privilege. It's, you know, kind of, it's a necessity at this point. And so that's been a, a really big thing for us. And we're doing some creative things with um, broadband internet and bringing it to various sites around the county. Um, something that we're, we're the only public library in the state who's doing this. So we're trying to come up with creative solutions. Um, but that has been one of the biggest things I've noticed is the, how the lack of broadband can, can hurt you. I then asked Atkinson to respond to the notion of libraries being antiquated. Yeah, I've had I've had people say to me, you know, well, with with Google and with the Internet, you know, like we don't need you basically, you know, this is this is pointless. And my argument for that is honestly, that just proves that we're needed more because there is so much information out there. And I we've seen it a lot over the past couple of years with. COVID and with, you know, our last presidential election and a lot of things going on around the country that there's just been rampant misinformation. And so li libraries and librarians and library staff, I think are typically trusted, you know, professionals within a community. And so we have that training and that background to be able to kind of point you in the right direction, you know, to kind of weed through the misinformation and to show you, you know, what is accurate or scientific or backed by research or, you know, here are news sources that are cited, you know, that we're, we're able to kind of point people in the right direction. Um, so I think that's a, a crucial role for us. I think another part is public health. That is something that we're working on a lot here in Union. Um, very fortunate that we last year received a grant through the South Carolina Center for Rural and Primary Healthcare, and we have now hired a full-time social worker. So she has a master's in social work. Um, she's able, you know, to work with families, do case management, connect people to resources. Um, so public health is, is a huge thing, again, especially for rural libraries that serve as kind of these like community hubs. Maybe to conclude, uh, what would your advice be for future librarians, people looking into the field, maybe looking into studying at the iSchool? 
I would say if at all possible, um, either prior to applying for grad school or in grad school, try to work in a library or multiple libraries if you're able to. I was really fortunate in grad school that I had a graduate assistantship at Richland Library. And I also worked as a public services intern at TCOOP. So I was in both, you know, public library and an academic library, which was really great experience for me because they're obviously very different in many ways. And it, it kind of, you know, let me see the inner workings. And so it helps you kind of figure out, you know, oh, I like doing this or, you know, maybe this isn't for me. Um, again, I think a lot of times, and I was one of those people, again, that didn't fully grasp what librarianship was, you know, until I was in grad school, and then even more so when I was actually living it, you know, as a librarian, and, you know, recognizing that it's so much more than, hey, I just really like to read, so I'd like to become a librarian, you know, that, like you said, you're stewards of information, you have to love people, you, no matter where you are, you have to love people. You have to love working with people, connecting people to resources. You have to be adaptable and flexible and patient. Um, I had a, a previous coworker that said, we're flexible like rubber bands, you know, because you just never know. Every day is different. You're never bored, which is a great thing. Every day is different, but, you know, you have to do what's best for, for your patrons, for your community. and. So just be a, a community-minded, service-oriented person, I think is really key. That was Taylor Atkinson on the issues of literacy in Union County and librarianship. For Columbia Chronicles, I'm Coleman Dorn. Thanks again to Cole Dorn for his reporting. In our next episode, we take you around the country to see how little acts of literacy can cause big changes. Columbia Chronicles provides in-depth coverage of news and issues important to the greater Columbia community. It's produced through a partnership between the University of South Carolina's School of Journalism and Mass Communications and USC Student Media. For a full transcript of today's episode, go to www.garnetmedia.org and look for Columbia Chronicles under Podcasts. Thanks to Lucian Kemper for today's music. Before you head out, we have a quick message for you. Wahahaha! It is I, Dr. Debt. I have you trapped. Nothing can stop me. Never fear, students. Gamecock Girl is here. A third of you have huge credit card debt. Two thirds have student loans. I've already won. Not yet you haven't. With our nationally ranked money management program, my Gamecocks can get personal financial guidance. Go to the Student Success Center's website, click on the Money Smart tab, and you'll be saved. You lose, Dr. Debt. No!